listening to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mir, this Wednesday afternoon. Now I'm super excited. I'm actually rubbing my hands together. I'm super excited to welcome back on the program, Cruzan McCalligan. Cruz, it's great to speak to you again. How are you doing? Noz, I'm good. I'm finally.、Um, I, I always I cram my Christmas spirit into a short window of time. And I've I've approached that window of time, so I'm feeling pretty festive now. I think I've got a little bit more headspace to be like I, I'm a big Christmas person. I love Christmas. I think it's brilliant. I'm super cheesy about it, and I always have grandiose plans of like doing it in a you know really going for gold for the whole month of December. And I usually only really am able to like chow down on the panettone <laughs> from like today onwards. You know what I mean. <laughs> So yeah, so I'm in a good I'm in a good place. How are you doing? Yes, are I'm you very good.、Festive? I am, I am. I'm taking tomorrow off, so this is my 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 last program before the Christmas break. So I'm also、oh. feeling quite festive and and yeah, trying to get、yeah. into that headspace. We are live on Facebook as well, so you'll be able to see Cruz and her Christmas spirit. Well, yeah, and and her and, <laughs> and her Christmas spirit on Facebook. Not my, this is not my Christmas tree behind me. If you're looking at me on Facebook, it's, it's a brilliant. virtual background. I wish my Christmas tree was eight foot tall. <laughs> Beautifully designed and detailed, it is. I would describe it as squat, but、um, with good intentions. You know what I mean? That's that's how I describe our Christmas tree. That's great. Anyway, for for all purposes,、um, it serves a purpose. So, what have you got for us this afternoon?、Exactly. Um, we're talking about、um, a little bit about. I, I, it's a lot to talk about on a short show, but we're talking a little bit about Christmas songs and carols today because.、Um, I am super cheesy about them as well, and I love Christmas carols and I love Christmas songs. And my poor children have been subjected to me blasting them at them. Sometimes where it'll be in the car and they'll request a song from me, and I ignore the request and just turn up <laughs> the Christmas carol I'm listening to louder so I can't hear their requests.、Um, but I, I have a few favourites, and I, I, you know, and I, I think it's that. I'm not sure if you ever did when you were at school here, but I have really positive memories of like choir performances around Christmas time from school. So do I. I used to be in our choir.、Yeah. I loved it. I really did. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was so. And, and I remember, like you know, and we'd always, it would be,、um, you know, around Christmas, and we'd go to some like outdoor mall or something, and it would be lots of schools, and you'd get your chance to go up with your music teacher swinging a baton, and you'd, you know. And you'd you'd sing, yeah, yeah. I remember, remember doing right? exactly. I remember one year I performed for Operation Santa Claus in Times Square. I I I think、oh, it was colliding. Nine. I think it, it was either I don't know. Maybe one of the bosses can can remind me. I think it was either 1996 or 1998. I was in secondary school. Oh, oh no, maybe I was in primary. Oh, okay, I don't remember. But I remember going to Times Square, and we were told this is for Operation Santa Claus, and you'd have to、wow. sing a song. I know, and and、wow. now I'm working for Radio Three, so I guess yeah, dreams do come true, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's like it's one of those things that even at the time, I think everyone like kind of rolled their eyes, like, oh, this is so lame. But actually, we all loved it, and there is something about singing Christmas carols in a big group with the harmonies and everything that like it still makes me a little bit emotional. Like I find it so wonderful. And I think I've spent most of my adult life trying to recreate that magic, where whereas like finding it very difficult. I was going to try and have like a Christmas carol 
a like thing at my home with like family and friends and stuff and then realized that that would probably be a COVID-19 super spreader event <laughs> so I shouldn't do that the Christmas like, carol cluster in aspiration in terms of yeah, the Christmas carol cluster exactly so I was like I'm not gonna do that I'm not gonna have a whole bunch of people aspirating and breathing and gloria all over the place <laughs> Anyway, but um, but yeah, so unfortunately I didn't that, but I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that next year it will be my time to shine. Um, but I love Christmas carols. And you know what I find about Christmas carols? Carols are obviously different to songs. So when we talk about songs, things like Last Christmas, Holly Jolly Christmas, we'll get to those. Christmas carols are the, the oldie-fashioned ones that really do talk about the birth of Christ and Jesus and Bethlehem and stuff. Those are the old Christmas carols, right? So, um, But there's also some really, really beautiful um beautiful stories and I always find sometimes they're quite bittersweet you know like there's a there's a joy in singing them but there's always this kind of undercurrent of sadness at the same time um and I think that's because a lot of them have these really deep stories behind them um for example Silent Night um which obviously the story behind the actual um composition of Silent Night isn't um isn't, I, I'm not sure about how that song came to be, but it's, it's quite famous because it was the one, it was the song that led to the Christmas, the famous Christmas truce in World War One, where the, the British and the Germans were um, uh, across from one another and the British troops heard the Germans still singing the German version of Silent Night, Still Nucked, and they started singing the British version and then they both started singing Silent Night across the the no man's land and then they came up out of the trenches across no man's land and i'm sure you're familiar with the story and then they you know they they sung together and they put aside their differences and they played football and they exchanged gifts and then um heartbreakingly after that they went back to their sides of the of no man's land and on the 26th of december killed each other you know so it's um but it's, it's like that sort of thing that kind of bittersweet melancholy human connection loss all of those things i feel like they're part of christmas caroling tradition you know and and there is such a you know i i just i mean i've gotten worse as i've gotten older like i blub through carols now you know like um away in the manger gets to me every time i don't know why he's asleep in the hay that's all it is you know (laughs) the one that really got to me was a couple of years ago when i was pregnant at christmas time so my hormones were like all over the place and um i rediscovered i I was singing one of my favorite christmas carols which is good king wenceslas which i love even though i know it's usually sung by you know like you know very male voice male i love that song and I just had this real, I was just blubbing and blubbing singing this song. And my husband was looking at me like, what's wrong? I said, just listen to the lyrics, the story. It's just so beautiful. What happened? And I'm like having this existential crisis. But I think that's part of, you know, that's part of the, um, that's part of the Christmas caroling experience, right? That's what we, that's what we do. So anyway, so, so of course that's a very famous one, a silent night. Um, Interestingly, um, which I find really fascinating, a lot of our, our some of our favorite Christmas songs were written by Jewish songwriters. Yes. Which is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So things like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, Holly Jolly Christmas, and even White Christmas. So all these songs were written by these very talented Jewish uh, songwriters, which is just interesting because Christmas isn't a Jewish holiday. It's, you know, if in a tr- very traditional sense anyway. Um, Fascinatingly, um, I thought I, I really liked um, that 
a lot of Christmas songs that we think of Christmas songs weren't originally Christmas songs. For example, um, Jingle Bells was actually originally written to celebrate Thanksgiving. It wasn't written to celebrate Christmas. And it was written by J uh, James Lord Pierpoint in um, 1857. And it was originally titled One Horse Open Sleigh, Not Jingle Bells. So it wasn't really a, a, a Christmassy song. But interestingly, it was also, it has another record, Jingle Bells, as being the first song played in space. Oh, so wow. Apparently, yeah, um, NASA's Gemini 6A astronauts Thomas Stafford and Walter Schirra Jr. performed it in space. So, they, they, which is just, I love this thinking about astronauts with this wicked sense of humor. Um, and it was um, on December 16th in 1965, and they used a harmonica and a bell, which were also the first instruments ever played in space. And they performed the song aboard um, the space flight. And it was part of a prank. They were claiming the music was coming from a strange flying object that looked a lot like Santa Claus. <laughs> I think that's a, that's a lovely idea as well. Why didn't they play the Spaceman, um, oh, what's that song called? I forgot, Chris DeBoer, the Spaceman Traveling in Space. Anyway, I thought that might be quite fitting. Um, I don't know, yeah. maybe. I mean, maybe it's just the time, really. <laughs> it's really hard to sing songs that aren't Christmas carols in the month of December, right? You know what I mean? Um, so yes, it's pretty fascinating. Um, I find it um, there's there's quite a lot of things that you that a lot of songs, um, for example, the song uh, "Let It Snow" never actually mentions Christmas or the holidays in the lyrics. Oh yeah, that's yeah. So that's kind of an interesting one. So it's actually even though it's always associated with Christmas holidays, probably because it's about snow, um, it never actually mentions anything religious in its lyrics. It's just about a big snowstorm and not wanting to go outside. That's basically it. Um, Apparently, um, interestingly, um, White Christmas was used as a secret military signal during the fall of Saigon in April 1975. So what happened was on the 29th of April, the American radio service announced that the temperature in Saigon was 105 degrees and rising, um, another, which was another coded message. And then they played Bing Crosby's rendition of White Christmas over the radio. And these signals meant that all Americans and their Vietnamese allies would be immediately evacuated from the city. It's kind of fascinating that like it was used as a as a code song. The song, um, the Bing Crosby version of White Christmas, which is the one we're all kind of pretty familiar with, is the highest selling single of all time. That's right. It's number one on my Christmas CD. I've got a, a triple whammy Christmas CD that I bought in 1998. And it's the number I got it. From it's still Peter going Bing. strong. It's still going strong. I dig it up every year. And Bing Crosby's version of White Christmas is right there. But it's, it's amazing. It has sold more than 50 million copies worldwide since its release in 1942. And his version of Silent Night is also the third highest selling single of all time, which is why I really think that if you want to crack into the music industry, you have to just write a banging Christmas song right like yeah. you have like that's that's your way to make your royalties I also um, read that it's the most recorded Christmas song of all time with 500 different recordings to date eat oh, your wow. heart that's out like Justin Bieber <laughs> yeah you know I have to say I, I do I find it hard I'm like a little bit I would like to think I'm a carol connoisseur right and I find it a little bit hard to go through some of the recordings of people like I'm like oh they're like you know like some 18 year old doing like a very kind of whiny version of something I'm like no 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 stay away stay away you can't sing Christmas carols to the masses until you've had a bit of life experience under your belt and can sing it with conviction <laughs> it's it's um which I guess I understand is being a little bit elitist, but um, anyway, but I think it's 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 I think it's quite funny. Um, you know the uh, the song Silver Bells. 
No. Do you know which one I mean? You know, silver bells, it's Christmas time in the city. That one, yeah. Yep. Okay, originally it was titled Tinkle Bell, which does not have the same premium quality to it. Um, upon its release, it became a huge hit because it was set in the city. And most other Christmas songs were set in kind of rural locations, which is funny when we think about like Hong Kong, for example, it doesn't, so many of the things we sing, like Christmas carols have nothing to do with our environment, you know? And and when you think about things, it's all about like American Midwestern, big open snow covered streets and things like that, which are nothing like how we live. So of course this song, Silver Bells, um, was became this huge success because all these people living in urban settings were like, finally a song for us about Christmas. Um, and apparently it was originally called Tinkle Bell because it was actually meant to be called after charity collectors who would stand on street corners tinkling their bells to raise money at Christmas time. That's why it was called Tinkle Bell, which is quite, which of course is a quite an urban city thing as well. It's not something that would happen in um, in in rural settings as well. So that, I think that's quite interesting. Um, the Christmas song, you know, the one uh, chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Yeah, um, that was, it sounds like it was written like, you know, that's the sort of thing that you think someone's got a pen and they're sitting down and they're, they're writing it while the fire's crackling and they've got their hot chocolate and they're roasting the chestnuts. It was actually, yeah, <laughs> roasting chestnuts. Apparently it was actually penned during a summer heat wave. Oh. Um, yeah, apparently the, the song was written by Mel Torme and Bob Wells in the summer of 1944 during a blistering heat wave. Um, and according to the time, yeah, they, they wrote the song called The Christmas Song, but we all know it as Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire. Um, in just 45 minutes, it took 45 minutes to write the song, the song that we've everyone incredible the lyrics just flowed it probably started out as a bit of a poetry and then they thought oh let's add some some melody to it yeah it's, it's kind of fascinating i think it's i just i yeah i find it just so fascinating that these this is what people do another one um that that kind of in terms of like um the sort of very powerful it was a protest song was that um the song written by gloria shane baker who wrote do you hear what i hear do you know that do you hear what i that one yeah that's that was a plea for peace during the cuban missile crisis in 1962 so that was written as kind of a and i think maybe it's because at christmas all of those kinds of feelings that we have around um like i said that kind of bittersweetness that that recognition that you're away from loved ones that they're not with you all those sorts of things, I think, come to a head at Christmas, and it makes so much sense that people feel riled up to to write for a cause. It's like that 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 live aid that that band what's that that live aid song live aid yeah no band aid band aid that's it. So so this is people are more generous during that time, and they want to give and you know fight for a cause. What's really fascinating about this is that um you know Wham's single last Christmas obviously everyone knows last christmas i gave you my heart but the very next day you gave it away um so they wrote that the same year as do they know it's christmas the band-aid song right which was all you know all of the different celebrities and musicians coming together and because it was at the same time and because george michael was actually a very very good person (laughs) a very nice guy um despite his faults and anything else he was actually a very generous kind person um the band wham because it wasn't just him um they decided to donate all the proceeds of the song last christmas to the same ethiopian famine appeal for that band-aid were doing 
which is why they did the Do They Know It's Christmas song. And it has actually, last Christmas, went on to raise more money than Do They Know It's Christmas. So it actually raised way more money than the original song was supposed to do. They just decided to, which I thought was very much in keeping with the spirit of Christmas. Do you know what I mean? That was a really good one. I like that. I like that too. They did that. Um, do you have, uh, some of the oldest English language Christmas hymns are Hark the Herald Angels Sing and Joy to the World, which originated in the 1700s. Yeah, it's I read kind that. of amazing that's to me. Mi- that's hundreds of years. Yes. Really old. That's really, really old, you know? Um, but I mean, like, they've really lasted. Like, I mean, we can talk about, like, music that endures through the ages and, like, Steve James can preach um about the power of the beatles and how they they will never ever stop being brilliant but it's amazing that these songs are still being sung hundreds of years later and still relevant and people yeah and still relevant and still powerful yeah um In 1906, a violin solo of Oh Holy Night was the second piece of music ever to be broadcast on radio. It's like that, like, you know, like, so all these Christmas songs are really intertwined with kind of our cultural, our cultural backgrounds in terms of, you know what I mean? Like, I find, anyway, I find it super, super fascinating. Um, Also, we wish you a Merry Christmas. So that good old-fashioned traditional one, um, is is one of the oldest secular Christmas songs. So it doesn't actually say anything about the birth of Christ, Jesus, Bethlehem, angels, nothing. It's just, we wish you Merry Christmas. It's just the kind of festiveness of that song. And it originated in 16th century England. So it's like, again, it has its origins. They're like really, really old songs. Um, do you know the song Christmas brackets, baby, please come home, close brackets? <laughs> you, know, you, you know which one I mean? No, I don't know. By Darlene Love. Um, you know, the one that goes. Um, I'm not trying uh, to trick you to sing it for us. Down. We're watching it fall. You know that one? That one. Da, 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 ble- you know, baby, so. please come home. That one. You know that song? Yeah. Okay. So Darlene Love, who's amazing. And um, I remember watching the story of this um of her and of there's an incredible um documentary and it's gonna i'm gonna forget what it's called how terrible is that it's all about backgrounds um sorry backup singers oh it's it's like 20 feet from stardom i think that's what it's called 20 feet from phenomenal documentary and they and they have darlene love in it who um you know was a was a backup singer for um for the rolling stones i think i hope i've got that right and like these incredible backup singers so she wrote that song and it's amazing because she wrote that song this incredible black female powerful singer and i remember watching the documentary and her saying like there was just no support for people so she wrote this hit song but she didn't get any royalties from it she didn't earn any money from it and that there was one christmas where she was like cleaning someone's house and it came on the radio you know what i mean like she wasn't she wasn't given the, you know, what she needed. The but of course it. she, absolutely. But of course she has now found the fame that she needed for that song. And for 28 years, she would sing it every year on David Letterman's late night show. Wow. So, <laughs> I hope she's yeah, been paid royalties years. ever since. Oh yeah, no, for sure. She's cool now. She's yeah. she's all good. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I'm sure she's fine. But, um, but yeah, but I mean, it's, it's just, can you just imagine? And that's what I mean about that, like that bittersweetness between, you know, this incredible joy and this incredible sadness and how it all comes to, to a head in, in Christmas music. Um, the song Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree um, was sung by singer Brenda Lee when she was just 13 years old. 
Wow. I think she's probably the only teenage singer that I'll appreciate singing a Christmas song. <laughs> she's got the relevant <laughs> life experience, I think. Yeah, she's got at 13, I'm sure she had the relevant life experience. Um uh, the the and you know all I want for Christmas is you by Mariah Carey. Yes. The yes. mighty okay. famous so, one. If I said I didn't know, Cruz, yeah. would you do your rendition for for us? No, that's <laughs> one I won't do a rendition for. But I, I was talking to my husband about this and he was saying he was listening to a really interesting podcast where they were saying why that song is so popular. And apparently it's because it's 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 in it's in a really broad vocal range. So a lot of people can sing it oh. or sing at least parts of it. And because that that final like all I want for Christmas is you you know that like obviously i'm not going to attempt it um also i don't want to alert my children to the fact that i'm hiding from them in my home and trying to hit that note would do so um but, um they um that song they were saying you know because it, it gives somebody something to aim for that's why people really love to sing it even if they're not in the shower and the movie love actually made it i mean it's popular anyway but i remember there was a sort of surge when love actually came out and they were using that song i think they were yeah, it was yeah, one of the absolutely. many songs. Yeah. Um, anyway, and then, um, but anyway, so she didn't write it by herself. She had a co-writer, Walter Afasanaif, um, who also wrote, and this is fascinating, also wrote Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On. So he's one of those quiet background people who just snuck in a couple of, um, a couple of big hits without getting the credit they deserved. But yes, I find that quite interesting. But yes, yeah, so what's your go-to? What's your go-to Christmas carol, Noz? Oh, I love all the old ones, like you said. I, I love Away in the Manger. I really, come, uh, oh, Come Ye Faithful. I love that. Oh, oh Bethlehem. Oh, Bethlehem. Yeah. I love Silent Light. Um, I don't know why, but every time I hear Away in, a, Away in a Manger, or when I sing it, I feel like, I feel teary-eyed. I'm telling you, it's that part when he falls asleep in the hay. <laughs> I don't know why. I just think, oh... Poor baby in the hay. It just sounds delightful. Um, yeah, it's just it is it is emotional. I don't know. I think like if someone was to give me now like a big stack of like Christmas carols all like clipped together, you know, like printed out and been like, we're gonna do some carols. I would be crying from happiness in a moment's notice. Like, I love singing Christmas carols. I love it. I love Christmas songs. There's a couple I don't like. There's a few new ones which have made their way into ones I do like. There's a Gwen Stefani song called um, You Make It Feel Like Christmas. And I'm a particular fan of that to the point I'm driving my children nuts. Like, if I put it on... They literally both start going, no, no, mum, no, no. Because <laughs> like, I just like, I just rock, I just scream that song at the top of my lungs. I love it. Um, so, yeah, so it's quite funny in that way. Um, but yes, but I have, I guess I have one quote and then I have two quotes. I'll just do some lyrics from oh, songs. There's one I wanted to say just very quickly. There's no, the, the no, Santa please. Claus is coming to town. Um, you better watch out. You better not cry. I, I think it's a quite creepy. I think it's quite a creepy song. The one that, you know, he's always watching you. Oh, he sees you is. when you're sleeping. I don't know. I, sometimes when I sing that, to, and I've done that to, <laughs> to sort of scare my, 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 my eldest, you know, you've got to go to bed now because he's watching you. But I feel a bit guilty every time I use that line. I yeah, know. I do too. But I'm, I'm still. I have. I have a phone. I call Santa on at the moment. I call Santa multiple <laughs> times a day to to inform on my children. I do that. All, I like quite shamelessly, if I'm being honest. But um. Oh, and actually, that's a good point. I do Another that too. That I'm I just too with, scared um, to admit it. <laughs> 
Well, it's okay. It's a safe space with yes. the public of the city listening to us. But um, the um, what another thing that I really find is every year I'm reminded of the fact that it took me about 28 years of life to realize that I saw Mummy kissing Santa Claus. She was not having an affair with Santa Claus. It was Daddy dressed up as Santa Claus. Oh. I never realized that until I was well into adulthood and I still can't listen to that song because I just think it's so upsetting that she would cheat on her husband with Santa Claus um I mean I'm sure they're very happy but yeah anyway adds the fun um, doesn't okay, it okay so um this is probably um probably a little bit too optimistic this lyric for the world we live in but have yourself a merry little Christmas let your heart be light from now on your troubles will be out of sight Let's hope so. Let's hope so. That's, yes, uplifting. Let's hope so. Yes. And then the last one, which I will sing. I will sing to you, Noreen, very quickly. And um, and so I'm offering this simple phrase to kids from 1 to 92. Although it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to you. Oh, thank you, Cruz. Merry Christmas to you and to your family. And thank you so much for joining us today on the 123 Show. And you'll be back again next Wednesday after Christmas. Thank you so much, Cruzy. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you.